You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 341, for the week of Wednesday the 16th of January 2019. I'm Eddie, and with me tonight are... Scotty! And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Audible, Mike's Comics and Stuff, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Hasbro Transformers Siege and the Metsco 112 Collective Catwoman action figure. And our discussion topic is a toy breakdown of the SH Figure Arts Harry Potter and Ron Weasley action figures. Welcome, 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 welcome to yet another episode, guys. How are we doing? Very well. Good, thank you. How are you, Eddie? I'm good. I'm a bit warm and sticky at the moment. It's pretty hot here in Australia right now. Uh, it's very yeah. hot. I think that yeah. the weather should just be cancelled. I the, This heat is nuts. I give it zero recommends. <laughs> you want your money back? I want my money back. I'm like, man, we had... um. Our, we have evaporative cooling, which works fantastically unless it's super humid. And the other day, it w- like, was just one of those, like, uh, why did I work from home today, you know, days. Um, and uh, But we had our, like, regular service booked in, which always gives it a bit of a boost because they come and give it a clean and thing. So that was good. Um, good timing. But hooly dooly. I don't know how you could possibly sleep at night if you didn't have aircon. Ice packs, like you could replace your pillow with like a bag of ice. Well, that's put it on one of those spit meat like roaster engines, so it's constantly turning your pillow, so it's always on the cool side. Yeah, that would be really um, restful, I am sure. Yep. Because the ice is so cozy, you know. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's why. Where do you think the polar bears sleep? And they're about the fluffiest of mm-hmm. the animals. Mm-hmm. And penguins and seals and all yeah. the, the, the fluffy Arctic foxes. Kind, kind of a shocker that Santa the Claus has never taken off, really. Yeah. Whatever happened to the waterbed? Someone put a pin in it. Yeah. Oh. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I had a. Um, <laughs> Uh, my, Stream of consciousness this, joke. Back in my striving artist <laughs> days, where I was mostly striving, um, <laughs> in LA, and I house sat for a mate of mine for a few days while he went away, and he had a waterbed, which was kind of cool, and he had a collie named Ted, and Ted slept on the bed. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. But it was like a free flowing. Waterbed. It wasn't. It was before they made the ones with the kind of partitions in them, and so Ted didn't. Ted was not very settled. I don't know if it was just because his dad was not there or what, but he just was like getting on and off the bed all night, and every time it was like the full on, you know, slosh thing. So it was just kind of like, (laughs) "Hi, Ted." Slosh, slosh, slosh. Oh, bye, Ted. Slosh, slosh, slosh. <laughs> then I was like, right, you can't be in the bedroom anymore. I'm gonna close the door. <laughs> okay, fine. Hi, Ted. Slosh, slosh, slosh. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Ted or you, it could yeah, be either yeah. first, either one that gets the chloroform. Look, I I feel like that if when your house or pet's sitting and not all of the pets survive, then you, you haven't really fulfilled your um, duties. But then if you actually have had a hand in them not surviving, yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's well done. Oh, okay. We've come um, full circle too, because that's a way to sleep without aircon chloroform. It is. Mm. Mm. I, yeah. The AFB podcast does not recommend that you try this. Please don't sue us. I wonder what the side effects are. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, death, you know, is. is yeah. <laughs> I, I'm actually by supervillains. Do you know, I was about to to Google chloroform side effects, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do <laughs> yeah. that. I'm not going to put yeah, that in the history. That, yeah. that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> effects on the liver, hepatitis and jaundice, central nervous system. Yeah, okay. Holy. Sure. Okay. Well, we give that zero recommends as well. But I'll stop making that joke about, you know, things you can do if your kid's complaining. <laughs> oh my Back to whiskey. <laughs> Hey, I have a complaint. Um, <laughs> did any, did anyone else get the Slack update today? Um, they uh-huh. changed their logo. Yeah, I saw the logos change. The Slack logos changed. I didn't think much of it. Well, stuff like that just really messes with my juju. You know, <laughs> it's like, come oh. on. Then, then you know, this is really this is how I don't know whatever I am. Uh, how many years ago now, like I'm a Mac user, how many years ago now did they change the iTunes logo and then the photos logo to the photos, you know, the iPhoto used to have a different logo and now it's photos. I still, every time, and I use photos all the time. Um, but every time I come look down at my little tray, I'm like, oh, wait, which one is photos? And I like start to uh, just, I'm like, man, I just... Not, not. I'm not icon flexible, obviously. Yes. Are oh, you yeah. icon curious though? Oh, mm. for sure. Because you know, I do do a bit of design in that space, but I don't change them all the time. Uh, but it's the the new. Um, you know, it's like Nike is Nike is just the swoosh, and Macca's is just the M. So you don't you don't have your you don't have words in your icon anymore. It's just a when you become like eponymous for that's not the right word. You know, what I mean like. Yeah, it it becomes so iconic that you um you don't need your name on it. So that's what that's why Slack's done that to get rid of the S and just be A weird, thing. annoying. They're they're prints now. The uh, artist formerly known as Slack. I love it. Hey, if you're listening for the first time, we actually will talk about action figures. Don't worry, because after all, we are the number one action figure podcast. Um. According to so what 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 have we have we picked up recently? What's our chlamydia? All those other side effects from chlorophyll. <laughs> Jauntus, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, wait, chlamydia wasn't a side effect of chloroform, was it? <laughs> ah, I'm sure what happens? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um. Hmm. Well. I I what have I acquired this week? Oh, I know. I have I got the uh, there's some deluxe pops, and I'm not saying the right thing. Yeah, I think they are the deluxe uh, DC 
Jim Lee pops um, that have like a bit of scenery and stuff. And the only reason I got you know, started on these is because there was an Aquaman one that's really cool. Um, but then there's a Batman and a Joker, and they're pretty. They're pretty fun. I might do like a little blog post about them or something. Probably not a full on podcast review, but they're kind of cool. Um, I mean, I you know I've never kind of understood. Not that I don't think Jim Lee is a good artist, but like why people are like, oh, Jim Lee, I want the Jim Lee this, I want the Jim Lee that, I want the Jim Lee rogue, da da da. But, um, but the pops themselves are cool, and I hope they do more of these kind of scenery things. It's kind of fun. And then, and then on the other side of the scale thing, I got my Batwoman premium format statue from Sideshow today. Ooh. Except, I mean, I didn't get it from Sideshow. I ordered it locally, but it's produced by Sideshow. Uh, but I have not opened her yet, so I can make no comments uh, as yet. So no Does. one in the office was gathered around to see what you got? <laughs> it's in no. the box? No, no, no. I did actually because it uh because I got it from um a local retailer I was able to send it to my post office box um as opposed to having it cuz my office is like you know not on the not on the ground floor so dragging stuff around you know with the, the day that my sideshow bane got delivered to the office cuz that like you could literally move your whole family into that box it is <laughs> in, insane and it took, and I had two, thankfully, I work with a bunch of um, strapping, healthy, young people. And uh, who, so to the guy, because, <laughs> and our, our car park is like right at the, I work in the, you know, kind of not right in the city, but inner city. So parking's a premium. I'm very fortunate to actually have a parking spot in our parking garage, but it's at the like other end of the big building. And so I was like, I cannot, there's no way I can carry all this, this way. And so I went and got the car, um, waited forever to be able to turn onto the road that our office building is on. The guys are standing out the front with the, the, this giant box. And then, um, and I was like, look, you're going to have to put it in the back seat. I don't think it will fit in the boot. And it really only just fit in the back seat. So we're there, it was. I, I'm sure if someone was videoing, it would be famous by now because it was pretty comical, I reckon. Um, but thankfully, they're young enough to think that that was cool. Good day at the office. Nice. And Adam, uh, are you the normal uh, still haven't click ship yet button? I had to click ship. It got to that point where um, my pile of loot had been piling for long enough that I got a, you need to get this sent, so I press the send <laughs> button and We'll see what happens. Uh, so hopefully by the end of next week or sometime um, shortly the week after, I will have some things to review. Very nice. Can you give us a tease of one thing you might have in there? Uh, I will definitely be caught up on my Dragon Ball Z figure arts. So um, I will have my Boo and my Roshi and my Bulma. So that'll be good. Very cool. I, I saw actually today, or was that uh, a zing? And I saw, um, I think they're like, they might be three inch um, Dragon Ball figures that, that they're just, I don't, I think, I don't even know if they're, they're articulated. They were like 10 bucks. Have you seen those at all? Um, yeah. Oh, go, Eddie. I was, I was going to say, the, is this that line that Adam reviews all the time? The like little. The Shodo one? Shodo? Were they blister card things, Scotty? 
Yeah, but when did, oh, I can't tell the damn things apart. I, I <laughs> like I didn't realize you ever. No, they're, they're, I think they're smaller than anything out of reviews. Okay, um, so that'd be more like a gashapon type thing. Um, I have me. got. Don't you speak to me yeah. like that? Yeah, I'll you, talk to you however I want. I'll gashapon you, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a come on, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm open. Volume six. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have actually got one little gashapon um, of Dragon Ball Z stuff, but yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff um, around that you can get into if you want to spend your money on it, but you would be crazy to try and be a completionist because you'll find out that there's a new thing out every couple of months. Um, and it, by a new thing, it'd be like a new wave of however many, five or six more. So how do you spell this? Gashapon? G-A-S-H-P-O-N. Actually, Gashapon. Because I actually looked at that and I was like, oh, these are you know not expensive or, or space, whatever, and they look quite fun and I could almost um, collect them. Oh, no. Okay, look, this is this is why we really need uh, to do it. It wasn't the um, the Dragon Star ones, was it? Oh, my God. Like, did they really... come in like a box like Marvel Legends? No, no, no. They're like in a little um, – they are blister-packed, but not in a little bubble. Um, I will do some proper research and get back to you. This is why we really need to hire another intern and not starve him to death, by the way. Uh, look at that once. Yeah, but that's why you're never allowed to look after the intern again, Eddie. Mm. Okay. If they pesty, though, chloroform. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey, Eddie, <laughs> <what, laughs> save us. What have you? What have you acquired? So I might have had another rotation around the sun since we last recorded. So I have actually gotten a lot of uh, things in recently. Uh, I got a uh, the new Marvel Legends, so the Captain Marvel and the Kingpin uh, waves in, which was a lot of fun. Um I've also been, uh, as we'll discuss a little bit later, on a very big Transformers kick. The new Transformers toys and line has just been released, and I realized that because of really poor distribution here in Australia, um, I was really behind on the last line, Power of the Primes. Uh, And that's not to say these figures didn't hit Australia. They just have hit poorly. Like you didn't really get a store that had everything. So I've been bouncing around to a couple of different ones, trying to grab the last missing pieces that I still needed to grab out of that to fill it up, which did include the ginormous Predaking uh, set, which is kind of very similar to the Devastator set. But it's all the kind of wild animals rather than construction vehicles that form together in one uh, huge robot and he is definitely huge i managed to put him in the uh, lounge room armchair uh, as if he was just sort of sitting there watching tv uh, <laughs> so he's a, a very big toy that i have no idea where i'm going to have shelf room to put him so uh, he might become a floor toy uh, oh if i have him out on display uh, what else? And, of course, the uh, Harry Potter pieces that we'll also be talking about uh, tonight. Oh, and a ton of Star Wars Black, too. So uh, I managed to get uh, complete off the Bounty Hunters with Zuckus and Dengar. 
And I also managed to stumble upon the new uh, Toy Archive uh, Star Wars Black Series, which is re-releases of figures that have become a bit rarer. But they've unfortunately gone ahead and put new paint uh, on them. So like the X-Wing Luke has the new sort of face scan uh, printing on him. And so he does look very nice. And I was like, oh, I, oh, I, I, I kind of do want to get this one because it does look so different. And then as I was grabbing him, I realized that the IG-88 also has like brass coloring on him. And so he looks completely different as well. And I was like, oh, I might need to get him as well. So oh, I've picked up two of <laughs> That's just sneaky. Yeah, the exact same figures, but they've just got tiny bits of new paint, but it's enough that it's like, oh, I feel like I'm not complete unless I have these ones. They're different enough. <laughs> uh, uh, can I just say, Power of the Primes sounds like <laughs> a lame maths activity, like hooked on phonics for maths or something. How do we, the, how do we it? the amount of cross-branding that Transformers is doing at the moment, that probably exists as a one. With math. Like they've just launched, they've literally just launched a like Transformers Magic the Gathering card game that uh-huh. uh, everyone, yeah, because it's literally done by uh, like the Wizards of the Wizards. West Coast people because they're owned by Hasbro. So it's the exact same people. So there's a bit of crossover going on in there and it's supposedly it's a good card game but there's too much math involved in that for me (laughs) (laughs) i have um i have so much math in my job because it's lots of like you know forecasting and uh, blah data like you know blah blah and yeah, the end. I, I was sick this week, like with asthma. Melbourne's got bad asthma juju at the moment, and then my then I was asked to do what I call surprise maths, which is when you haven't planned on it and someone asks you to do maths, and I was like, you realize I'm sick and you're asking me to do surprise maths and I could die because of this. So about once a year, I go into a meeting with very boring statistics, where we have a very stable work environment and yet for some reason they feel the need to go, well, we've crunched the numbers and it looks like most of our repeat visitors live in the local area and the people who only visit once a year generally come from overseas and just a lot of things like this is like, well, that's common sense. You've literally, we've spent a fortune just working out common sense. This is. <laughs> is it a consultant? No, it's an okay. one. I don't want to complain. Oh, okay. yeah. it would, it would, um, I would have expected that to be – that would be a great consultant gig, really. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you could just copy be, and paste. It would be. But you'd be trying to work it out, like work out what it is that they're asking that's not the obvious thing. <laughs> we should talk toys. Mike, we yeah. we, we, we've talked many things. Okay, well, if no one else has anything to add, we'll be uh, back with our first Toy of the Week. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. 
X-Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X-Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, we're back with our first toy of the week, and as those of you that are return listeners will know, this is a regular segment where one of us, or more of us normally, uh, talk through a particular toy that they've acquired or have from their collection that they want to share with us. And this week, kicking us off is Eddie. So take us away, my friend. Oh, thank you, Adam. Uh, yes, it's my toy of the week, and for this, I have gone with what is new and shiny and here already on my desk, and that is the Transformers War for Cybertron Siege toys. So uh, for those that have paid attention to my bot talk uh, of recent, uh, Transformers have been doing these weird little trilogy things that go over a couple of years where they have a bit of a running theme. So uh, we just had the Prime Wars trilogy, and now we are at the start of a new one, which is the War for Cybertron and the first line in this War for Cybertron trilogy is Siege. The gimmick of this line being that the figures are going to have modular weapons, which is something that I always like and get excited over. Uh, but I also get very excited because this is something that I've been trying to pressure John into getting more of so we can uh, talk Transformers with him. And let me just say that this uh, Transformers Siege line is perfect John fodder. It's almost as if uh, Hasbro are like, we don't hear enough of John on the Action Figure Blues podcast. So we're going to make a Transformers toy line just for him because not only is one of the gimmicks modular weapons, which of course he loves, uh, but there's also uh, an added uh, kind of weathering detail that's going on with the paint apps uh, on these figures where they look like they have scuffed uh, metal uh, going on. And of course, John is an engineer nerd and these guys have some fantastic engineering going on with them. Uh, so the first wave consists of Sideways, Hound, Cog, and Skytread. Uh, Sideways uh, is a, one of the classic 84 uh, characters, and he was the one that I was most uh, kind of bored with. I almost felt like Ben getting this, like, oh, we got a Sideways just recently. I don't really know if I want another Sideways. It's just the mm. same. Uh, character I, I wanted sort of universe build with my transformers but uh, once i had sideways in hand he has no wasted pieces on him whatsoever he doesn't have any kibble when he's in robot or car mode so for those that don't know kibbles when a transformer has sort of extra pieces left hanging off them uh, he uses all his pieces in both modes and he's just a fantastic figure when he's a figure and a fantastic car when he's a car hound uh, is the one I really want to push on John because he has the best use of sort of modular weapons, uh, including a kind of gun chamber that can sort of attach from one part of the gun to make it look like a Tommy gun, or you can plug it into the back and sort of make it look like a um, bit of a, I think it's a bunt the back of the gun. If I'm not on, I don't know my guns. I'm sorry. But uh, so he, 
Um, so he is fantastic for anyone who likes uh, positioning the guns in lots of different formats. Here's another one. He has very little kibble uh, hanging off of, off of him. He uses the space quite well. Uh, both of them are very based on Cybertronian vehicles, so they're not realistic-looking cars, but you definitely get the classic alt modes out of them. Uh, but where they get uh, super clever is with the character of Cog, the third Autobot, and he is what's being known in this line as a weaponizer. Uh, so not only does he transform into a robot or a vehicle, uh, but you can also pull him apart into lots of different pieces that then have these five millimeter uh, kind of plugs that also plug all over the other figures in this line in which you can turn him into kind of battle armor or weapons or, you know, extra limbs or whatnot uh, for your figures. So it actually has a huge range of customizable aspects uh, to him, which is kind of really clever. To be honest, his robot mode isn't the greatest. He's a little bit hollow at the back. He does have a bit more kibble than the other guys do in their engineering. But the things that he's able to accomplish, like his chest does become a little vehicle piece, but that can also collapse up and become a shield or it can become a... Uh, shoulder pauldron uh, you can take his legs to make extra boots out of them or form them up so you can plug these kind of arm cannons in the back and then they become sort of anti-aircraft missiles with articulation it's just really clever the amount of customizing you can get out of this one figure and so he's one of these figures that just adds extra value to the figures that you already have uh, here so if you are picking up any of these uh, Siege figures. I do recommend picking up a cog as well so you can play around with all the aspects uh, that you get here with the toys. And of course, you need a villain, and the villain for this wave is Skytread. And he's a duocon, which means that he's actually two separate vehicles uh, that transform and connect together to create one robot. Very similar. Uh, to his brother Duocon uh, Battle Trap, which won uh, my vet best innovation toy uh, of the year. Uh, this guy's not as good as Battle Trap, but he's still um, some very nice engineering going on, very little kibble. Uh, once again, very nice robot mode and nice vehicle modes. Unfortunately, he's probably got the worst bit of engineering where his tank canopy doesn't necessarily click in properly. There's a little bit of extra grooves that... Uh, stop it from really plugging in the way that you'd want to have that um, feeling of it connecting in and plugging in tight. It still looks fine when you're looking at it from a distance, but when you got it in hand, uh, one of the canopy pieces is a little bit loose. But uh, I've been having great fun with these guys. I've just started hitting Australian retail uh, probably just within the last week or so. I always get very excited when a new Transformers uh, line hits and these guys have really impressed me i think because they don't have a gimmick that impacts the figure at all uh, it's just uh, pure engineering that's going on into creating these shapes that they're feeling really fantastic in hand they don't have to turn into an arm or a leg or anything like the combiners or titans return mm. had to do uh, so it's really nice getting this new form 
uh, of kind of just basic transformers. Again, it's been a few years since we've just had basic transformers coming in. And because this is the start of a new trilogy, uh, this would also be a great jumping on point. So once again, John, uh, I'm definitely targeting you with this review. Uh, They're they're starting again at the beginning. You're going to be getting a lot of the classic characters in their classic forms again. You've got the weathering. You've got modular weapons. So a lot of the old G.I. Joe teams jumped across now and working on Transformers. So a lot of those classic Pursuit of Cobra days. Uh, I think this is going to be a toy line to watch uh, in 2019. So uh, it's a very quick uh, toy of the week, but I did need to get on and talk about these guys because I'm just having a blast having them on my desk and playing with them. And if you were ever sort of curious about checking out Transformers, uh, this generation line is the one to check out. Very cool. Yeah, I I was busy looking at all of the awesome photos and I have blank, I, I missed what the scale of these is. Uh, so these guys are the deluxe wave. So they're mm-hmm. roughly what you'd be looking at is a six inch figure, probably okay. just a slight bit smaller. It sort of depends on the, what their transformation is to how big uh, they end up being. Uh, but yeah, yeah they, these would be comparable to a Marvel legend or a, um, mm-hmm. Star Wars Black, they do often come in at a slightly cheaper price point just because Transformers uh, tend to be a more heavily ordered wave on the mm-hmm. toy shelves. They they still, you know, it's not their heyday, but they still perform fairly well. So uh, these guys, you're looking at more sort of 30 to 35 where you're looking at sort of $40 for a Marvel Legends or uh, Star Wars Black now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. Does uh, this have, like, you, there's going to be obviously another, is this a wave? There's going to be more waves of figures in this line, or how does that work? Yeah, so there's going to be a whole bunch of waves. So they've got three waves announced so far, um, and each of those waves is going to have uh, one figure that's a weaponizer that can sort of break down and become uh, the different uh, attachment pieces to put on your other figures. Uh, you've also got um, some other little modular gimmicks. So there's Battle Masters, which I have in my photos here that I've shared with you, that are uh, weapons that also transform into little robots and they have little blast effects. And uh, so you can put them on the end of weapons so it looks like the weapons are firing, or you can also plug them into little plugs that are on the figures themselves to give it the effect as if they're being shot or um, copying uh, some damage. And there's also tiny little micro masters that are kind of just tiny uh, micro machine transformers. And there's a few different scales of your basic figures. So these are the deluxes. There's another scale slightly above these called Voyagers. That's where you're going to get your Optimus Prime and your Megatron. I haven't grabbed those yet. And there's also mm. a leader scale, which is a um, kind of your higher higher end uh, top scale. So that's around $100. And that's uh, they're going to be doing uh, Ultra Magnus, where he has all his armor or he's a, sort of just a plain white Optimus Prime on the inside or a Shockwave that has a whole bunch of attachments that form over him. And did you, did you do a dolly rating? Uh, I didn't. Uh, it's a little bit harder because it's a wave, but as a wave, I'm going to give these guys a dolly rating of 9 out of 10 because uh, what they do well, they do very well. And even the ones that don't necessarily hit a home run, such as Cog himself, 
uh, because they're doing so much new things with him and at least trying different things, I can't really uh, fault them. He's still very interesting even in his flaws. So, uh, yeah, I think 9 out of 10 is a good score. Very cool. Well, I think that looks like it's going to be a, a great line and it's going to be one that sucks in all the G1 fans. So uh, be interested to see how you go with it. Um, we'll take a short back and short break, sorry, and be back with our second toy of the week. Armor up, Iron Man. Engage interlock mechanics. Armor up, War Machine. That's critical B. Attach from battle computer module. My brain blast will make scrap metal of you. Not in this lifetime, Modoc. With my rings, I rule on land and sea. Just undersea dome. I'm here to make waves, Mandarin. War Machine, Hydro Armor, Iron Man, and action figures, each sold separately. Well, if anyone here follows comic news, you know that recently Selena Kyle has left her man, Bruce Wayne. But where did she end up? In the arms of another man. And we are here to hear from that man tonight. So over to you, Scotty. <laughs> the scandal revealed. <laughs> she did just get cold feet. She... <laughs> had another love. Um, so I am reviewing the Catwoman figure from the Mezco 112 Collective line. This is the six-inch scale, uh, highly articulated, although we'll talk about that in a moment, and um, detailed uh, figures, of which I'm trying to only collect the DC uh, characters and probably Popeye. And... Um, and brand and and randoms, um, and this is the first female figure in this line that I have purchased. It's the first comic figure. The other two females that have been done have both been movie figures, Wonder Woman and Harley. And so I've been really keen to uh, get this one a to add a female to the display. Be to see what the female figures were going to be like. Um, this is a there's a photo album of this up on our Facebook page. This is a 2018 release. It uh, <clears throat> there's been a little bit of a ev- well, I don't know if it's an evolution. It could be a devil a devolution of the way that these are packaged. But I think that. Uh, what we've settled on now is an outer sleeve that, uh, that, well, it's confusing. Some of these seem to have still have a window box and some don't. So this one, as opposed to, it has a sleeve and then when you slide it out, it is just the, uh, there's no cover on it. It's just then the uh, window box of with the trays underneath. Um, some have the same cover, but then when you slide it out, there's another um, like opening uh, cover to open. So it's not super consistent, but that's okay. Uh, it looks nice. It has a picture of all of the things that you get in the box on the back and some posing suggestions, which is always useful. And then when you open it, you have all the trays every tray that you could possibly need and also some that you definitely do not. Um, and while, <laughs> while the outer packaging has had some variances throughout the line, 
the bottom tray that only has the figure stand, not the base, because the base is in the tray above, just the flight stand and the 112 collected limited edition Ziploc bag. That, like, wow. Uh, that has never changed. So I, I, I've yet to see any use of this anywhere. You know, I, I, I get, I assume the idea is it's a place to keep all the bits and pieces, etc. But like, who would throw away the packaging for something this expensive? I don't know. But there's, there's a reason behind it. And obviously, they've kept it up, which means that some people find it very important. So there you go. I think, well, one, if they got rid of the plastic bag, you would always get the people like, oh, they got rid of the plastic bag. They're cheaping out. Oh, this, you know, it's about $110 (laughs) figure. And they don't even get my plastic bag. What? (laughs) But I, um, with the ones, because they come with like figmas and that as well, I've used them to like store extra hands and things when I sort of kind of have it out on the coffee table or the desk Mm -hmm. for a couple of days. So I'm not constantly pulling them in and out of the um, tray type things, if that makes sense at all. So I'll I'll use it for a little bit if I have it out and about. And then once I pack those things up, I pack them back up into the boxes themselves. Yep. Don't take away my plastic bag. (laughs) First, the supermarkets did it. Now you want to do it too. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, so in terms of what this comes with, the you know one of the I guess well it depends on the figure actually. Some don't have mountains of accessories and extra pieces, although always the extra hands. But here we have um heads galore. So we have two heads with the cat mask on. The goggles are separate, I'll talk about them in a moment. Uh one with a kind of no- normal face and one with a uh, angry face, although at certain angles it kind of looks a little bit more like a squinting, I really should have my glasses on face. Um, so it just kind of depends. You could pose her looking angry or you could pose her holding a book at a distance and kind of peering at it. It's you know, very, very versatile. Um, and then as well, we have a unmasked head. Um, and th- these are, they are really actually really nice for the scale. I'll talk about them a bit more in a moment. And then in terms of accessories, we have the base that's got the Catwoman logo on it, which is, it says Catwoman, but that is like the Catwoman logo, I guess. Um, it has the, uh, flight stand. And then we have three pairs of hands. We have closed hands cat scratching hands and holding things hands. And we have then a backpack. We have a uh, belt that she comes packaged with. We have a whip and then we have the goggles. So I'll talk about the figure itself first, and then I'll make a comment about a few of the accessories. This, like anything, I think, you know, it takes a, a while you know, out of the box and kind of work out how to get it in some nice poses and and that sort of thing. You know, this this took a little while to kind of gel for me. Um, one thing which I – first impression when I looked at it, which I still feel, is that her upper arms are stick thin. 
um, and they they just make her look a little bit uh, kind of fragile or uh, yeah, just a little bit too small. Um, a, you know, a little bicep there would not have gone astray. You know, she's she's a she's a fit lady. She's got got to have some muscles, um, surely. And uh, it th- there's I don't love that part of this. I think particularly with the um the cat scratch hands, which are more extended, etc. That kind of can make either make the hands look almost oversized because her arms are, are so thin and small um the the chest um everything else is great proportion wise um one thing which it took me a little while to work out posing wise is that unlike the the men these uh she she doesn't have double jointed um elbows and or knees so it, that right away is a bit of a um, you know, set back in terms of articulation for a character that you can think of, you know, lots of poses that you would want to, to do. Um, it took me a while to get her kind of center of balance and feet right to make her easy to stand up and pose, but I've, I've got it now and now she seems to be, uh, pretty good. She'll probably topple over as soon as I let her go because I just said that. Um, the the sculpt of the the hard pieces are great the the boots have got fantastic uh detail on them the head sculpts like i mentioned before are great the hands the gloved hands that are cast in plastic obviously are really nicely sculpted the goggles are problematic they like w- one thing that just I felt because of the scale, you know, these are six inch figures, but with the same sort of uh, level of detail and swappable parts as larger scale figures. But this is because it's so small, some of the swapping or adding of accessories, etc., feels a bit tenuous because it just feels like they could break or she could break. And the, you know, and, and now granted, remember, I, my fine motor skills are not amazing. Um, when, when my wife had, uh, kindergarten classes, she used to try out her craft ideas on me because she reckoned that if I could do them, then the kids could do them because she thought that our fine motor skills were very similar. Um, <laughs> and, uh, some t- by the end, she had to kind of trick me into it because I was onto her. So then she'd be like, Oh darn! I'm having trouble tying this strip of garbage bag around this coat hanger. Can you help me? And then when I do it, she'd be like, "Oh, good, they can do it." Um, so yeah, not very bright, am I? But there you go. Yeah. Um. So the uh, swapping hands uh was a bit of a fine motor challenge. Um. And the uh, the head swapped really easily. Uh. The goggles. I just like once I actually got them on. I was like, okay, you're never moving again because I I feel like you know that they 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 they're not super sturdy. Um, obviously, they've got to be flexible enough to kind of fit over her head and over her eyes, etc. Um, the pose I'm settling on is the like goggles on her forehead look, mainly because getting them centered on her 
eyes to not just look ridiculous is really difficult. Um, and I spent a unspeakable amount of time <laughs> just trying to get them to not look dumb to get one photo of them on. And my OCD was um, throbbing because I just couldn't kind of get it right. So I wonder actually, while I understand, you know, why they, I guess in the spirit of the line, why they went for them as a separate piece, I actually wonder whether or not, you know, with if they were going to go ahead and do three heads, whether rather than having the a blank expe- expression and an angry expression head that they could have, you know, had a goggles on and a goggles on forehead one and sculpted them on and made them a bit more secure because obviously if they uh, perish or break, then that's kind of going to ruin the figure. So, but it's a trade-off because the whole value proposition of this line, I suppose, is it's a small scale, but with high detail. And so there's a trade-off there, which is that perhaps sometimes in order to uh, use them, you might need tweezers or something. <laughs> um, the the belt is really nicely done. It I don't think it comes off, and I'm certainly not going to try. The it has a openable holster with her lock picking tools. They don't come out, but you can kind of see them sculpted in there, and that is super fun. My favorite head sculpt is definitely the snarly head sculpt, even though it can look squinty. Um, but you know, it's, I, I guess the, the one thing I would say, while I've been a little bit more critical of the, uh, the articulation is that one thing that I notice about when I review these figures is that I can't kind of stop playing with them and looking at them while I'm reviewing them. And in fact, I, you know, like I've got uh, of the things that live that live on my desk. Most things that I review stay on my desk for a little while and then go away, but there's still a couple of other, um, you know, 112 collective figures out because I haven't tired of them. And when you put her with some of the male figures, I think then, you know, she, she scales pretty well. Like she is small, but she scales pretty well. Um, and uh, the more that you kind of work out how to manipulate and pose her, the more uh, less, um, uh, I guess unrealistic or whatever it looks. I always, while I love the theory of the Migos and the Hot Toys and the whatever, I think that this is the only scale at which it kind of really works for me and still feels action figure and not Dolly. Um, I will say they've done a great job with the full bodysuit of um, getting nice coverage and n- not sacrificing movement, although we don't have the double jointing, but it's not kind of saggy or whatever it is. You know, it's good fun. So if if I'd bought this on its own and it wasn't part of a line, etc., I don't know that I would be uh, like, you know, over the moon with it. Definitely as part of universe building the DC characters in this line, I'm really glad to have her. And I think she is done. I mean, this is this, that kind of really classic early 2000s black bodysuit, um, kind of hush 
Catwoman. Uh, and I mean, I don't think she's, she goes to little phases, but I think it's, she hasn't changed dramatically. Although I don't know what rebirth Catwoman looks like. She could be naked. It's pre- pretty similar. She's um, just now her most current costume, uh, which is drawn by Joelle Jones beautifully in a, a Catwoman comic that she both writes and draws. Uh, she's uh, got exposed shoulders, but apart from that, it's pretty similar. Okay. I, and I think she's lost the goggles too. I think it's just straight eyes from memory. But Whoa, that's, yeah. a, that's bold. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. So no, look, this is this is good fun. You know, I I feel like this is, uh, this is definitely good. Um, it is. It, it'll be really interesting to see. And obviously, I don't have the movie Wonder Woman, but assuming that we do get her or a bulkier female down the line, I would hope that we would get a different uh, sculpt for this. I mean, Mezco hasn't done bucks really. They've been pretty individual and uh, you know, there's not lots of part reuse. So I would hope that you know, this wouldn't be the female uh, buck because it would, the, the arms, etc. like it would just not work for a, a wonder woman or um, yeah, even a black canary, etc. It's it's a it's it's small, but it's good fun. I'm gonna go seven out of ten. The on the on the Mezco scale, I would put this kind of at the lower end, exciting wise. Uh, but but good fun. Glad I've got her. If uh, I I I got her on with a little bit of a discount. Um in a special and I think that's probably the right way to pick this up unless you are a dead king catwoman fan that has to have it just because it's catwoman. The end. Very cool. So um Metsuko are quite fond of doing their variants in the one twelfth line. Mm -hmm. If you were to pick a catwoman for them to do, what style would you get it done in? I am a really big fan of the Brian, the, the Nightfall Catwoman, the the when the, they took the purple costume, the kind of classic purple costume with the the long hair, yeah, and then turned it into the bodysuit, the purple bodysuit with the long hair. That is, I I really love that Catwoman. I have the both versions of the Catwoman premium format statues, and I much prefer that that one. So. But that that to me would, yeah, I don't know how that would work on this book. Because I I, th- I feel like when you if you think about that version of Catwoman, that and it's partly the bodysuit and the big, you know, hip boots or whatever they they call those. She just she was a bit more, not quite as dainty as she is now. So I don't know how I would feel about that costume on this same buck. But that's what I would choose. But what we'll get instead is a purple version of this exact same figure. <laughs> <laughs> or a long Halloween one maybe. That would you know that that would be a um a variant that you could do with this without lots of major retooling. Um although that's like my blah East 
version. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, if you don't have anything to add, how about we take a little bit of a break and come back with our toy breakdown? Let's do it. Colonel Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and the new Bionic Transport and Repair Station. Look, it's crashing! We'll put him in the Bionic Repair Station. We can rebuild him. We'll replace the modules in the Bionic Arm. No injury here. We'll have to check his eye. Bionic Eye, A-OK. $6 million man, ready for action. New Bionic Transport and Repair Station sold separately. The $6 million man, new from Kenner. Welcome back. We are now presenting our wonderful toy breakdown, which is our feature for this week. And we are doing a breakdown of the SH Figure Arts Harry Potter and Ron Weasley. So, gentlemen, I know you both have these. Take it away. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to have these. And I didn't realize that they were hitting so soon and coming so thick and fast. It uh, felt like I only picked up uh, Harry. I think I actually grabbed him on Christmas Eve. And oh, then really? just after the new year, yeah, uh, Ron was out. Yeah, I so I actually this is these are my I'm pretty sure these are my first figure arts. I don't think I've ever had a SH figure art before. Uh, someone will probably write in and go, "Yes, you did." Oh, Ben will Ben will send me a correction. Um, <laughs> but uh, the and, and you know I am not a giant. I don't collect anything Harry Potter, etc. Although I have uh, a offspring that does, but for some reason when I saw these and I was like, you know what, this is something that I that I want. <laughs> so there you go. And I got Harry after Christmas in a sale, and I got Ron um, uh, very reasonably from the Bay of E. So happy mm. days. Yes, happy days. But you're going to have to lead here, Eddie, because I don't know enough about like the standard of figure arts, etc., to be able to comment on this. I'm mostly just going to go, oh, my God, these are amazing. So you need to tell me if they're not. Uh, they they are very good, and not only are they good figure arts, but uh, it's something that I've actually really wanted for a while now, which is just a good Harry Potter figure because uh, back in the day around the time of the first movie, we got our uh, very first Harry Potter figures from Mattel, and they were okay. They were decent. They were sort of very classic Star Wars um, maybe just one or two pieces of articulation beyond those. But that was the very first time I brought figures and kept them in packaging for the idea of reselling. I'm generally not someone who does that. But uh, I, I, I bought them to the counter and purchased them. Yep, yep, thank you. Uh, for the idea of reselling them. Um, which is something huh. that I not really want to do, but I thought, you know what, everyone's like buying all these episode one figures, even though it was like two years beforehand. But in my mind, I was like, everyone's buying all these episode one figures, but I think this Harry Potter might have legs to go on. So <laughs> if I get the figures now, these are the ones no one's thinking of buying to resell. And around the time that uh, All Star Comics opens, I did sell them for quite a bit of money. So. Oh, wow. Uh, young me was actually very right on yeah. that call. Um, 
but I also brought sets for myself because I am a Harry Potter fan. I actually started to read the first book in 1997 and uh, around the time that it very first came out. And I was actually the same age as Harry in the first book, 11 years old. Oh and I got about two or three chapters in, and I was like, oh, this is a stupid book, and threw it on the floor and went back to <laughs> reading my Deadpool and X-Men comics. And then come around to 2001 when I wanted to be a director, and at that time I was just seeing every single movie that came out then. I was like, oh, well, I didn't really want to see Harry Potter. That looks like a little bit of a kid's uh, film. It's a kid's movie, but it's going to be big, and I want to try and see every film that comes out, so I'll go see it. I was sitting there watching the film, and spoiler alert for Harry Potter, um, I was sitting there going like, oh, well, clearly it's obvious. Well, Snape's the bad guy. Gee, Snape's the bad guy. Like, look at the way it's just oh, it's just a kid's movie. And then they get to the reveal that it's not Snape, Snape it's Professor Quirrell. And my little, like, 15-year-old brain was, yeah, was like, oh, my God, this is, like, wait, he what, what, what's going on? This is an amazing twist. And went back, and the clues were there, so I ran to – a physical bookstore back when we had these and I, I brought the first book and read it and then got the other books and read them through and then something which I'll talk about in a bit but the twist came in the third book and I was I jumped out of my bed and ran around the bed and was like oh my god this this, this is amazing twist this is all, all, all here it's great writing it's just and I, I was hooked uh, from then so big Harry Potter fan but one thing that was constantly disappointing was the figures after that initial Mattel run movie. Uh, they were always a bit either lacking. Um, you know, the third film had these weird, gigantic, um, very action feature heavy toys. Metzko, uh, Metzko, uh, NECA picked up the license for the later run of films, but that was. was during a time where they were basically mixed statues, so mm, yeah, not a lot. To, so I'm excited to finally have some proper, highly articulated Harry Potter action figures. Finally, amazing, amazing. <laughs> so, did in terms of the packaging of these, the is this like pretty standard for figure arts or? Is it? Do they do different uh, stuff for different lines? They 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 mix it up for different lines. It's always going to be a diff, bit different. To be honest, I am rarely impressed with figure arts packaging. Uh, it's generally there to store the figure. They're they're never that great of works of art. Um, there are a few exceptions to that, but for the most part, they're. Um, pretty functional. I will say this that I actually think these Harry Potter figures have the worst packaging uh, oh, really? I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I actually really hate this packaging. Uh, Ooh, it's okay. a weird, yeah, it's these weird sort of box designs that do not seem reminiscent to Harry Potter to me at all, except for some of the fonting that's used on the writing. Um, it, it doesn't really ring anything from the Harry Potter world to me. And uh, one of my pet hates is that uh, clearly the uh, figures are designed for the North American market. So uh, being that these figures are based on the first movie, it's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, which was the title originally given in the US because they didn't think people would understand what a philosopher was. So uh, it got retitled to Sorcerer there. And I, I like to think that my 
friends over the pond are smarter and yeah, I think do understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, the title of the first book is Philosopher's Stone and it's what everyone still calls it online and in conversations and all that. It, it's it's a title that's been lost really, but they're still using it here for some reason. So uh, I am that that that's always gonna niggle me a bit seeing Sorcerer's Stone written there. <laughs> I think that the idea of these, if you look at one side, is that it's trying to look like a book, like the spine of a book. Yeah, but it it doesn't work for me. It doesn't quite get there, it, if that makes sense. Like, I, I know what they're, they're going for, that sort of old leather boundy kind of look, but they didn't really have any of these sort of blue leather bound books in the Harry Potter films or... I didn't, yeah. It well, does. There were books. It, does. it was based on a book. There, there were books, but yeah. It does look somewhat like some of the, um, trying to think like chocolate frogs and the Birdie Bot's beans packaging. If you buy it, if you bought some of those as like the novelty versions you can get from like a Universal um, Studios or whatever, like it, it looks similar. It doesn't look perfect though. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like it, this would be the best acknowledgement I could give it is it feels like someone's trying to do a knockoff Harry Potter without being sued. Packet. Oh, you're mean. I'm going to be mean here, but I'm filled with love for the rest of it because what's in the box is fantastic. It's magical <laughs> even. Well, let's talk Harry first. Uh, yeah. Why don't you talk through all the goodies that he comes with? Uh, so, like a lot of uh, figure arts, he comes with multiple hands, and uh, he also has uh, two different uh, robes that he wears, one that's hanging directly down and one that's blowing back behind him as if he's running or flying along with his broom. Uh, he, of course, comes with his a trusty wand, uh, he has his uh, broom, the Nimbus 2000, which was his prized possession in the early films, as well as his pet owl Hedwig, and she also comes with interchangeable wings as well that you can plug in. Very uh, is that? cool. Yeah. The the hands. I, if you, I don't know if you remember a very early episode of this show where I was reviewing a Play Arts Kai Catwoman and like the, the hotel of, bedroom. Yes. yes the tray yeah. of hands, you know, exploded the, this. I was like, wow, this is, I would not have been ready for this at all back then. I just would have instantly lost or inhaled these. Um, they are that small. So, uh, definitely not for children, these small parts, mm. I just see bad things happening. Um, the, the, so now articulation and I, again, I've got nothing to compare this to in terms of figure arts. You tell me. Uh, is it good? So it is, uh, pretty similar to what you would find on most, uh, figure arts. So it's a lot of ball jointing going on in, uh, the top of the neck, the bottom of the neck, uh, he's got a little bit of an upper waist uh, ball joint uh, and the chest, uh, 
bit of ball joint action at the waist. Uh, his hips are similar to sort of earlier Dragon Ball Z uh, designs than the more newer uh, designs with his pants. Uh, he's kind of got uh, those sort of hidden hinges in the knees. Uh, got, you know, the ankle rockers. He's got articulated toes even, which is going to scuff up those shoes. But uh, uh, he does have those, which I'm even just noticing the stitching on the shoes here. And that is gorgeous. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, he's got sort of the uh, – he's got your – it's hidden by the robes over the top, but he's got those lovely sort of butterfly joint shoulders so you can get lots of articulation range. Uh, out of the shoulders as well as a ball joint in there, uh, the kind of hidden ball joint amongst the robes uh, in terms of the elbow and ball jointed wrists there for all his uh, wand and magic casting action. <laughs> I think that's everything I got. Uh, 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 and you know what he does have? I don't know if this technically counts as an articulation, but I'm going to count it as articulation. It's only on Harry, but he has an articulated mullet. So, yes, and I need to talk about this because I am struggling once I the, – the swappable faceplates are really cool, and this is where the fine motor challenge comes in for me because I am, like, struggling no end um, with the the pieces because – and um, when I looked at the diagram, there are – there's a piece that doesn't seem to be on the diagram, which is like the, bo- Oh, Nope. There's like a t- I'm so confused. There's like a, t- a piece of the back of his hair on a, that just has a little blue brown ring. And I cannot nope. work out now where that actually goes when I change face plates. So it goes, uh, well, that's, sh- you shouldn't have to move at all. So when you change the faceplate, it's yep. just a matter of pulling his fringe out yep. and then you pull his face out like you would with a Dragon Ball Z Okay, uh, so I should character. never have to move that. Okay. Yeah, so you so shouldn't shouldn't be taking the head off the ball joint. That's what I did but, and that's where things yeah. went wrong. Got it. So, so now- the, the hair should be sort of the spiky part uh, towards the bottom, but towards the hood in his robe. And that should be in between, very loose, uh, between uh, the hair and the neck joint. Yeah, so it is made to be loose. So as you actually move his head around, the hair sort of kind of stays in position so that it is kind of articulating with the back of his head there, if that makes. Yeah, it does. I get it it now. Thank you so much. I I deliberately had trouble with that just so that we could explain it on the show. Obviously, I'm not that gumby. Yeah. Um I I have to say that particularly for the scale, the these uh Harry faceplates are amazing. And amazing Daniel Radcliffe likenesses. It is it's the only thing I, I I find with it isn't so much the likeness on the faceplate itself, but the fringe hair mm-hmm. is a little too fat yes. and coming out to the white. Like if you'd Kind of heat it up and squeeze it in a little bit. Um, it does even look a much, much better. Even if you kind of cover the bangs that sort of hang over his ears a little bit with your fingers and just look at the fringe on the top and then his face, it's it really is young Daniel Radcliffe coming through there. 
I feel like there could have been a slighter, wider variance between the facial expressions. They're pretty subtle. The I mean, we have neutral smiling, and then I don't know what the it's not neutral well, smiling is. This is probably going to get us hate mail, but uh, remember, I'm 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 saying this is the fan of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe didn't exactly have a lot of emotional range in the movie. Yeah, I do. So. Yeah, he's gotten very good now. He, he has, he's a good yeah, actor now. But yeah. this this figure is based on the first movie, <laughs> where it's like, I'm Harry Potter, Hagrid. <laughs> I, I'm Harry. Wow. Wow. Send your hate mail to Eddie at Banter. <laughs> and if Daniel Radcliffe is listening, I really liked him in Extras, so I'll, I'll make out. We'll go watch <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe in Extras. Um, yeah, the the hair is a little bit problematic. I think the and in in terms, but it look this is amazing. That now we don't just have swappable head parts; we have swappable cape parts as well. Yeah, which I do really like. I had some fun posing uh, these guys around because, it, I mean, it does appear that the cape part is used for when he's flying his broomstick mm-hmm. as if it's coming out behind him there. But uh, I did love the sort of look you can get of having them running or even, you know, casting a spell and it sort yeah. of looks like the air is blowing back on them. So I actually do really like uh, this uh, extra cloak piece. Uh, for photos and action posing and all that. It really does help to make uh, the pictures a bit more dynamic. Uh, mm. I do sort of wish there was still either one that would allow him to be in a more seated position or I do wish, mm. though, that they'd given us because to change the robe, uh, you actually unplug his arms at the shoulder ball joint and it would have been cool if we got some sort of the grey jumper sleeves on so you could have him almost without the robe oh, uh, that there as well. Awesome. That yeah. would have been good, right. yeah. 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 Um, the, I think you, if you had like a little stool, you could, you could make him sit down because you could sit it under the, under the cape, um, but you're mm. right. Oh, actually, you, know, you, can, you can just kind of pose him in sitting mode and the cape makes him... Look like he's sitting. So, yeah. Okay. What, are, what are you talking about? It's fine. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Uh, and I, I got to say, speaking of his flying robe, the Nimbus 2000 that he comes with is a gorge. It looks like it's come off the screen itself. It's just um, amazingly well done. Even the little stirrup thingies at the bottom uh, are articulated you can kick them back and forth but i love they even have in tiny gold writing you can make out the nimbus 2000 branding at the top of the broom which is just such a lovely touch yeah my now adult offspring who is the mad harry potter fan and who one of her requested uh, 18th birthday presents was the deluxe Pop vinyl with Ron on the chess piece. The um, yeah, you know, she she had a a bit of a geek out over these, and because she she knows a lot more about the franchise than I do, and uh, yeah, she was kind of like 
she was like, I don't want these, but oh my gosh, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh good, they're not for you. <laughs> they're for me. Still not my favorite little detail in this set, but we'll come back to that in a tick. Uh, and also we have uh, Hedwig, who I do love. She's got the swappable wings, so you can have her uh, perching on uh, his arms. Uh, in or you can have her spreading her wings out as if she's about to fly or just stretching one wing out while the other's collapsed in. And she's also got an articulated head as well, so she can turn her head all the way around like an owl should. It doesn't look weird. Very great. So question. Oh, I see. I was mm-hmm. I haven't actually played with her until now, and I was like about swapping wings, but now I can see that the, they do. I didn't realize how articulated she was. That's amazing. Mm. It does remind me a lot like the Hasbro Porgs. Like you do have um, oh, okay. some really great wing articulation. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Um, and it's sort of sculpted in a way that you can have it sort of resting on her body in multiple ways. Like you can have them leaning back as if she's just about to jump off or just spreading them out to um, kind of show off a bit. So it, it adds a lot of character to the creature. Is there a trick? Oh, shoot, I just dropped her. Sorry, Henry. Is a there... trick to getting her to rest on the arm, yes. are you going? Yep. So not really. You can do notice, um, and this is the same with both the pets, there is a bit of a up curve in his sleeve. Uh, so if you sort of twist his arm, so it's not so much natural with the sleeve, it's sort of where it would be drooping downwards is oh, kind yes, of, I see that. that's yeah. flat. Um, it creates a little bit of a area that you can um, either place uh, the pets on and they sort of balance a little bit better. Uh, Hedwig is probably the hardest. I generally, if I'm displaying her on Harry, I sort of have her body resting up against the shoulders there. Like I, it would be nice if maybe you had a magnet in the arms and she had metal feet or something just to attach it on a little bit better. But um it, it it takes a little bit of trial and error, but you can get it a rest on there. Very cool. Anything? So you said there was another piece of this that was your favorite. Yeah, but it's coming up in the Ron set. So oh, well, sorry about to him. Yep. Yeah, let's let's do let's go and talk. Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention, but it's the same with Ron as well. Is there's also a little pile of books that you get for them to carry. So cool because they are in school. That's Exactly. Don't forget it. Yeah. So I, I gotta say, I think Ron beats out Harry for me in terms of these two figures because the even though he has one less facial expression, Mm -hmm. the two facial expressions that they've captured here on Ron of Rupert Grint's face are just outstanding. Oh yeah. Yep. No, that they're. Yeah, I and I can't decide which is my favorite. So we have we have kind of grinning and worried, I guess. Yeah, it could be a little bit of very like it's a little bit worried. You could also sort of twist his head on an angle, and it's a little bit kind of smug, like when he first meets Hermione. Oh, true. Yeah. Yep. Depending on how you look at him, you can actually get a lot of different characteristics uh, out of the switches. Really cool and a very nice smiling head one too. He's got a slightly different coloured wand to mm-hmm. Harry, which is nice because in the first films the wands were very generic looking, but there was a, a slight bit of 
uh, wood grain difference to them, and he did have the lighter one, so it is uh, film accurate. Uh, he comes uh, as well with the books. He also comes with the school training broom. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. they were called the Comets. I could be wrong. Yeah, um, I think so. but Comets. Yes, but it's and, and it very much does look like the the cruddy brooms that they have. I think it was in every trailer uh, for that first film was the one flying up and hitting Neville in the head uh, <laughs> through there. So it, it very much captures those ones. And he comes with a pet as well with Scabbers, the rat. <laughs> and this is actually my favourite tiny little detail uh, is that scabbers, if you look very closely and potentially you might need to put it under a magnifying glass, but he's actually missing a toe. Oh, my oh, goodness. Cool. Yeah. Wow. It's very hard to see. The Basically, the, the best way to notice it is that if you compare it to the other feet, um, it's, it's sort of missing a little bit of space. If you're looking at the foot individually, it's it's kind of hard to tell because he's got such tiny little feet, but it is that level of sculpting that they did uh, pay attention to that, yep, no, Scabbers is missing a toe, so uh, which is very important in the Harry That's, Potter lore. Every, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure most people know this as we're listening here, but, yeah, for them not yeah. to miss that detail is very cool to me. And similar to Hedwig, you sort of just – uh, turn up the cuff of his sleeve and Scabbers uh, is much easier to rest upon the uh, sleeve there mm-hmm. of Ron to have there. And his articulation is the same as Harry's. I'm pretty sure they just use the exact same bodies. Yeah, uh, but here. looking at no. it, I, I believe that's the case. The My Ron um, legs are a bit loose. Compared mm. to Harry, I mean, not not like problematically so, but just uh, mine, mine are even. Mine, it's no one uh, over the same, other. Same, same swap out cape as well. Ah, uh, yes, he also does have that same swap out cape. Mine, the only real difference between my Ron and my Harry is uh, where he's got the shirt collar and tie. It's mm-hmm. not as evenly glued down on mine as it is on Harry's, but it actually, I don't mind it because Ron was always kind of a bit more of a messier kid, so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it does does kind of work a little bit for character that his uh, collar and tie might not exactly be 100% on point. (laughs) And his his face, yeah, his face does swap the exact same as Harry or the Dragon Ball C figures, if you've got a bunch of those where you sort of remove the fringe and then you can swap the face over. And uh, these guys do look very weird once you take the fringes out of even more than the Dragon Ball Z characters. Just Yeah, yeah. Because they're such human likenesses as seeing like a bald Rupert Grint. It's just weird. So. <laughs> so we know that Hermione is coming maybe out already actually, but – uh, February, I believe February. she's June? and then and then Snape no. has Snape. Anyone else been solicited? I don't think so at this point. Mm. They're the only. I'd, I'd imagine they're probably waiting to see how these three went, and they must have done well enough to get Snape. Mm-hmm. And then I'd I'd imagine they'd be playing it by ear how they. Who would you want next? 
Oh, I'm a huge Mad Eye Moody fan, uh, okay. but I would imagine that they would probably either go like a Dumbledore or a Sirius Black or a, a Malfoy would probably be pretty high on the yeah. cards too. Yeah, well, Malfoy, Malfoy would be cheaper, easy. Yeah, but that that would be that would be my big one if they get around to doing a Mad Eye Moody. That uh, would be pretty. Oh, if it has a David Tennant head as well, so David. <laughs> Love it. Anything else that you want to comment on about this? Any? Uh, I think I've had my say. I I feel like I've come down a bit more negative on them than I actually intended to. I actually do uh, really like them. There's a couple of little things, but, I mean, for the most part, to finally have articulated Harry Potter figures, I mean, it, it is sort of easy to forget, but Harry Potter is one of the biggest brands in the world. It's up there with Marvel and Star Wars and that it does huge business, but uh, we haven't really had much action figure love. Uh, So I'm happy to finally uh, get it and see it. And it's better than I could have hoped for. I, I love the, the work that they've done on the accessories, you know, those key bits. It's really got that kind of, you know, deluxe, if you just want one Harry Potter figure, this is it sort of feel, which is why it appealed to me. And the the quality is exceptional. I'm super duper impressed. I am not going to start collecting SH figures. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But thankfully they, well, no, and thankfully they, like, you know, I don't movie. Oh dear. What if they do Aquaman movie figures? I believe there's already at least a justice yeah. league game. Yeah, oh, I need that, but um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm breaking... Am I thinking of Mayfix? I might be thinking of Mayfix. Yeah, I'm breaking my no movie toys rule for Aquaman movie toys because I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Okay, well, I think we have broken down these toys. Are they in enough pieces, or do we need to do them some more? <laughs> No, we can repair them now. Amazing. Adam, take us away. Well, thank you very much for that, gentlemen, and I found that very informative. We will take a short break before we go through some feedback and wrap the episode up. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might like a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favourite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, guys, we've uh, just about come to the end of another episode. Uh, We've got a little bit of feedback to come up, but uh, it's been pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm feeling like we had a great time tonight and... um, you know, for, for those listening at home, if you do have things you want to give us as feedback, there's plenty, plenty of options to 
get in touch with us, there's the email, which is podcast at actionfigureblues.com. There's on uh, Twitter. There is our Facebook page. You can feel free to drop us a line there. You can feel free to drop us a line on the Facebook uh, community page if you want to join mm. the conversation yeah. there. Cool. So I don't I don't know. Hundred people now, which is yeah. a ch- like I think I said on the last one. I was kind of expecting. Oh, we might get you know thirty or forty of um, you know some cool people there to have conversations. And uh, there, there's a lot of you lovelies out there. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you to those who have joined and participated in on the conversation. And uh, for those who haven't, you you're missing out on. Uh, kind of this chat, but everyone's in there chatting and having fun and talking about what they're getting, and um, it's it's really reinvigorated uh, my love for toys. Uh, so thank you to you guys. Yeah. Cool. So our feedback for this episode comes in the form of our favorite kind of feedback, which is a five star review on iTunes. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yay. Yay! And this is from Luke underscore S. Uh, that must be awkward to explain to people when you're telling them your name, but we don't care because he gets a five-star review, Luke underscore S. And he says, I've only been listening to the show for about a year now, but the hosts are charming, warm, oh, thank you. He must mean me. And a favorite part <laughs> of my weekly listening. They fairly review and discuss products across the board with many brands old and new. Many times I found myself interested in something I otherwise would have overlooked simply because whoever was reviewing it had such a clear passion for the hobby. It's obvious that these guys are having a blast talking with their friends about a shared interest, and it's easy to get lost in the conversation. If you've ever enjoyed collecting toys for any reason, you'll likely find something worthwhile in the Action Figure Blues podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much, Luke. Mm. Very Very kind words. Love it. And thank you for the five-star review, too. It pretty much sums up the experience I have when I come on the show. So, yeah, I think that's fantastic. I get berated, but it's just me. Yeah, well, yeah, you know you love it, man. I do. Probably because they can't see that I don't have pants on. So. Mm. Well, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's very hot. So everyone yeah. can be forgiven for not wearing pants tonight. Oh, yeah, I think definitely this is a, a pants-optional uh, recording for sure. Yeah, except yeah. for the listener that's listening to this on the bus on their way to work, you should have probably put pants on. Yeah, that was a bad move. Can we just say we, we give your yeah. clothing choices zero recommends? <laughs> Everything is recommends with you tonight. <laughs> yeah, it is, and they're all zero. <laughs> I have given no recommends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had flashbacks I remember in high school We had a teacher who one day Came to work in like boxer shorts It was like a really hot day So she was like wearing boxer shorts As shorts And it was like I do not know What was even as a like 14 year old I was like oh that's a mistake People are just going to make fun of you Till you leave now And that was pretty much what happened She just became the boxer shorts teachers and she couldn't walk down the corridor without people yelling boxer shorts at her for a year or so later. Wow. Yeah. That's um, terrible. Yeah. I just, I couldn't, 
even as a 14 year old, I was like, I do not understand the logic that went through your mind this morning when you're like, I'm going to wear boxer shorts to teach my student. And what could go wrong here? But I mean, were what? they actually boxer shorts or were they? They were something... actual like satin boxer shorts. Oh like she'd had, she was, I, I at least I assume she was wearing something underneath them, but it was just. Yeah, you it was you would a, hope because otherwise getting yeah, you know harassed by students is probably the light, lightest she could have expected. Yeah, it was just it was just a very like it was a scorching hot day. Like it was a horribly hot day, but I don't know. Maybe she spilled coffee on it. I I do not know, but it was just one of those. Wow, that would be even worse. Because then, where did you get the boxer shorts from? Yeah, very, very weird. Mo- moving on. <laughs> Thank you for the five-star review, Luke. Yeah, Luke <laughs> And you know what? You can wear boxer shorts anywhere you want. That is fine with us. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode, gentlemen. Hmm. Once it's again, that time. It's time to say goodbye. So long. Good journey. (laughs) Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mox Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Fan, so uh, be interesting to see how you go with it. Um, we'll take a short back and short break, sorry, and be back with our second toy of the week. We can do a brack. Yes, like space coast, coast to coast. Yeah, why not? Sure. Maybe like a brick a brack. <laughs> <laughs>